If you put your effort and concentration into playing to your potential to be the best that you can be, I don't care what the scoreboard says, at the end of the game, in my book, we're going to be winners. The talent for so many players today, the talent in the spotlight, it's taking them to heights that their character's not strong enough to support. I'm one of those set goals achievements. I talked about faith, passion, and obviously the drive with the guys that I've been around and the guys that surround me every single day. If I want to be one of the best, I've got to play with and against the best. Okay, so that which gets praised gets repeated. You're listening to The Hardwood Hustle, brought to you by PGC Basketball. Thank you for tuning in. You're listening to the Hardwood Hustle broadcasting here in Atlanta, Georgia. I'm your host, Adam Bradley, alongside TJ Rosine. Today, we're going to be uncovering this topic of training to exhaustion and giving you some things to consider, possibly changing your approach to how you train your players in addition to how you handle different things within yourself. So, TJ, this is a fun one. Let, yeah, it is. Let, let's talk about this, first of all, like coaches training to exhaustion, okay? And then we'll talk about them training their team. Their team, okay, yeah. Good. So let's if we go coaches first, you know, we all know this. Like It's almost like a, a badge of honor to say I burned it at both ends. I slept in the office. I've been, I, I can't see straight. I've watched so much film. You know, like those types of things are almost – um, a, a badge of honor, but the facial hair is growing out because you haven't shaved in days. Yeah, but, we've all seen the images. But are but are they? You know what I mean? Like I, we we shared on like my pregame stuff. Remember, you know, and I occasionally massages. Yeah, and stuff. occasionally get a pedicure. Or I go home and take soft. a nap or do the like. I've found over the course of time that my physical best usually allows me to give my emotional best to my team. And um, and I can't do that when I'm tired and strung out and just whatever. Like you know, now there are times when you grind. There are times when you watch film. There are times when you get tired. Of it. But I also think it's really important to keep a balance there. And so coaches have to know, like, am I training myself beyond a comfortable level? Am I getting to a place of exhaustion? Because when you do get to exhaustion. It's a hard hole to dig out of. It takes time to dig out of, and uh, and you're probably running at a pace that's not going to be best for you or your team. So this is a powerful, powerful episode for me personally. Um, as we kind of prepped for this, there were some thought processes and talking points in this that really got my attention because it goes against my DNA, and it goes against a lot of coaches' DNA. The thought of like leaving reps out on the table, right? The thought of leaving hours in the the coach's room, you know, leaving stuff and not giving it your all seems counterintuitive. It seems against the grain of how we've developed as individuals, right? Like, you know, I know as a workout, you know, one thing from a training perspective, you want to give it all you got, right? And, and, and give that workout all that you got. But is that the best way to handle the long term? And James Clear, uh, who we've had on the show before and uh, we've referenced many times, he asked the question, what is your average speed? And his whole philosophy, and it definitely got my attention, it's not about how much you give one particular workout or how long you spend on one particular film session or how hard you go on one day, but it's what is your average speed over a period of time. He references an author named Nathan Barry who recently just wrote three books in a span of 250 days, and he simply did it this way. He wrote a 1,000 words per day. That's just two to three pages. For an author, that's going to take them about 30 minutes. He did that for 253 straight days, and at the end of that time, he wrote three full-fledged novels. 
that goes completely against the grain of any image you think of an author who's going to write uh, three books in three quarters of a year, right? You you picture these images of the the guy or the girl just locking themselves in an office, right? Late nights, like coffee, you know, just kind of stress, pages everywhere. You look at this grind and this effort when this individual, he never reached the quote-unquote maximum speed that maybe that other person did. He never wrote 10 pages in one setting. He never, you know, spent two or three in the morning, you know, studying and doing that type of thing. But over the span of the time, he wrote three books. So it's not about what is your maximum speed, but what is your average speed. And the surprising thing is it doesn't take long for your average speed to produce incredible results. And I've had to get up past this myself, TJ. You know, I think about, like I said earlier, about working out. The thought of like me leaving the gym still with a lot of energy seems weird. Hmm. Like, like I've got a lot of energy. I need to keep going, right? But is that necessarily the best thing for me? So if I have five or ten reps still left in me, would I be better off holding on to those and carrying them over to tomorrow and using that as momentum for the next day and the next day? Or would I be better off going that extra mile pushing the way we've kind of been taught and instructed from a society perspective and then only being able to give 40% the next day because I'm exhausted. And then I look back over the span of the week or the month. Yes, I had some big 100% days where I went heavy. But then I had other days because of that burnout where I only went 10 and I have to ask myself, what was my average speed over the course of the month? Yeah, I think uh, if we were to put it to like a tangible experience, you know, if you were to watch the last five minutes of your opponent's last ten games, it would take you a long time, right? But you'd probably have a good sense for what they were going to do at the end of the game. But you're exhausted doing it. What could the trade-off be? I mean, I think it's important to kind of gauge yourself and see that the trade-off could be when I show up for practice, maybe I know everything they're going to do, but I'm really tired and I'm really angry and I'm short with my players and I don't build relationships and rather than teach, then I just start getting frustrated, you know. And so there, there could be a trade-off. I, I'm not, that's just an example. Yeah. Like, what could the trade-off? Yeah, and, and, and that next day's practice isn't as sharp, isn't as crisp, Cri- isn't as healthy, doesn't feel as good, right? Yeah. Almost leaves you with regrets, right? But you, you know, so then you're backtracking. Like, yeah. maybe the, the third day you're having to backtrack. Yeah, right? or, or let's just say that you do get all that film work done. You're dead tired. You come to practice and you fake it because you know your team makes it. You needs to make it. You know what I mean? Like you just do that whole thing. Well, then you go home and you lose with your family, right? Because you're just you've given on both ends. So now you go lose with your family. Well, then all of a sudden you start having family problems. Now you go back to practice and your players are worse off than they were for what they're getting from you. Did right? It's a, there's just there's just that striking of that balance that you need those things to be good. Like I know if I leave for practice and my wife's upset and we're arguing and we're doing like I know that I'm not going to be as excited to be as practice I'm not going to be as good of a coach I'm not going to do this thing so all of those things work in harmony with each other and you have to find a good balance to those things and if you exhaust on any one of those things you know let I me mean, let's I mean vice versa we all have a calling to do whatever it is let's say we're calling to be a coach and we don't watch any film and we shorten practices so we can be with our family all the time 
you're probably not going to be a very good coach. Your team's not going to benefit from you, you know? So it, you, have to, you have to balance all of those things. This, this is hard, TJ. This is really hard. This is challenging for a lot of coaches, challenging for myself, because we have been trained to, to give that extra rep. Just one more. Let's go. You, you've got two more in you, right? Like, you, you can, you know, stay that extra hour, stay that extra two hours, you know, put in that extra work. We've always been trained that, right? That's what our, how our minds operate and think. Right, but is it the best way? I remember in sales, they always say you always make one last call, right? Make that one extra call. Well, what if that one extra call, uh, you know, like you said, takes an extra 90 minutes and kind of puts you in rush hour traffic, which gets you home later, which makes you exhausted? You know, like all of a sudden, was that extra call worth it, right? Yeah. Right now, all of a sudden, you do two less calls the next day because you. You had a late night the night before, before right? And you're like, yeah. well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to sleep in a little bit. I worked so late the night before. Like, so it's not about what is our maximum speed, and we've got to really remember that, but what is our average speed? And the goal is not to have maximum speed and maximum outbursts on occasion throughout the month, but it's which coach is going to have the highest average speed over the course of the month. And that person is going to perform better, right? Those coaches that stay they, or say they stayed late, in the office, you know, watching film, and they had the really late night. Dig a little deeper and ask how they performed over the next few days. Because we don't often do that. We'll talk to a coach, and, and they'll say, oh, man, yeah, you know, I stayed. Whew, I was probably in the coach's office till 11 o'clock at night the other night watching film. Now, all of a sudden, you're like, oh, man, he's doing that. But don't ask. They never, fit, they never ask the follow-up question. Well, tell me about your next few days after that, right? How did it go? Right? How much time did you spend? Oh, really? You only did three hours the next day or only did two hours the next day? Oh, wow. Okay, so actually over the course of the week, I actually put in more hours than you. I never stayed till 11 o'clock at night, but I'm actually up top. Like we never asked that question, but we need to start thinking that way because it's about the average speed over the course of time. Yeah, yeah, and it's not to say that there's not ever times, you know what I mean? Like in, in basketball, we come down to, you know, tournament time and, you know, you might have had five days to prepare for one opponent. Now you only have 24 hours to prepare for an opponent. That doesn't mean you say, well, gosh, I'm only doing one hour on Friday night. No, <laughs> you're going to put in the time you need to do. And there's times that – and, and there's, uh, there's a lot of ebbs and flows to life. And these are guidelines, right? Yeah. You know, I mean, that, that's, we have to use our coaching acumen and IQ. These are guidelines, right? Yeah. Like what is our philosophy? What is our approach? You know, to, to handling time and, and our and, and, energy. And there's there's there are go times, but you got to balance those with down times. You know what I mean? You got whether it's in spurts or coming back down. If you don't if you don't strike that balance, you, you're going to suffer. So I you know, I think it's a good good point to take a halftime. Let's get a um, communication tip from our friends over at Team Snap, and then we'll wrap that up, bring conclusion to it. Then we'll talk about in practice, um, actually with your players, actually training them to exhaustion. Thanks to our friends over at TeamSnap for today's halftime communication tip. Coaches, communicating something one time just isn't good enough. Make sure you're communicating early, often, and again. That is the best. See, our communication hasn't taken place until it has been fully heard and comprehended by the audience. So if that means we need to over-communicate to accomplish what we want to accomplish, so be it. Communicate early, often, and again. Best of luck this week, coaches. And thanks to our friends over at TeamSnap. Make sure you check out teamsnap.com backslash hustle to learn more about the communication app being used by over 15 million people across the globe, helping get everything organized all season long, teamsnap.com backslash hustle. 
TJ, I really do believe, as we kind of wrap up from uh, the first half there, that, that coaches believe, and I think not just coaches, just people believe that you need a monumental effort to achieve anything significant. And I think that's false, right? I, I think it's that consistent, the process, it's, it's the daily in and out, it's, it's committing to it. Those are so far, um, uh, the value in that is so greater than the monumental effort on occasion. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, the average speed, take that and, and think about that, right? Think about your average speed over the month, right? Not the highs, not the lows. What is your average speed? And really go from there. But then even from your team perspective, right? I think coaches, we get accustomed to, to putting our players through reps, right? Getting them exhausted, having them bent over, like just to the point where they're done, right? And, and maybe there's times for that, right? Maybe there's times you really, really push them. But there's a long season ahead of you. And there's a lot that goes into it. And you have to ask yourself the question is, this extra rep or these extra couple uh, drills, is that going to produce a better return? You know, what are they going to look like tomorrow, right? You, you can't just think about the here and the now because we don't just live in the here and the now. There's a, there is something that's going to happen tomorrow that we've got to perform Right, we've got to be at our best. Right, so it's not just here in the now. What about tomorrow? What about next week? What about the month after? You're building for the long haul, and this thought process can help you build the best player for the long haul. You know, this is slightly off topic, but I think it really is on topic. Um, I think coaches battle, and you tell me if I'm wrong, Adam. But I think coaches battle sometimes with this. You know, every player goes hard on every play and gets their reps, and next guy up. You know what I mean? Like everybody's got to do that. Um, I think that's partly an old school thing, right? And then I think it's also partly, like, if you if you do any kind of separation, people think you're playing favorites. So, like, like high school coaches, I think, could probably struggle with this because they have to deal with parents so much. And you're like, well, uh, I'm not making my senior do this, or I'm not making my junior. But, but then when you get to college you, or you get to the pros, you find out there's really better ways to do things. So, for example... At Ohio State, I think it's they have the 10,000 snap rule or something like that, or 1,000 snaps. I don't remember what it is. But when you get up up to uh, um, you know 10,000 snaps, they start cutting way back on the things that you do because you know how to do that. So you might get 5,000 snaps your freshman year, 3,000 your sophomore year, and then 2,000 into your junior year, and they're like, you know what? He's been through 10,000 reps of this. We're going to slow him down, and we're not going to put him in every rep, and he's not going to let it get hit by every free safety coming across the middle. And he's not going and, and, and that's true of like if you look at any great sports team, um, any, any great player of these NBA players, the way they train their bodies, the amount of time they spend on massage, the amount of time they spend on uh, eating right, the amount of time, you know, all of those different things, they found a better way to manage things. And I think sometimes we, we get into that, that – uh, that everybody has to do the same thing because it's a team sport, right? And that's just not true. That's just not true. I mean, we're all made differently. We all have been paid different dues. And for instance, like in college, like I start watching my juniors and seniors um, in conditioning and in reps because they put so much pounding on their legs and knees. You know what I mean? But there is that truth that there is a price to be paid. You know, sometimes a freshman comes in and look, you got to go through the gauntlet. You have to do these hard things. So you mentally and physically know you can do these hard things. But then when a junior comes back to, you know, whatever people call it, hell week, you know, and you're like, look, 
been there, done that, right? Do I really want to bang my head around the wall here and do this to my knees again, or is there a better way to do this? And I think as good coaches, you have to constantly evaluate, are there better ways to do this without cutting corners? Like, people still need to do hard things. They still have to go through tough moments. So you can't shortchange those. But at the same time, does X, Y, and Z really need to go through this for a fourth time when there's a better way to get more efficient work out of them? I mean, I think that's part of growing as coaches. You're constantly evaluating and assessing and not just assuming because this is how it's always been done that it's the best way to have done it. I always hear coaches say this after practice. TJ, you may have even thought this, and I would love for you to own up to it if you've thought this before, TJ. You finish practice. You see your players. They're still kind of goofing off, still showing and exhibiting a lot of energy. And you've thought to yourself, man, I should have worked them a little harder, right? Because they're, they're out playing a little bit or shooting around with each other. And like they, they've still got energy. I've heard it so many times, right? Coach sees and they, whew, if I knew they still had that energy, I would have worked them a little harder. Maybe that isn't the best approach, right? Even though that's what we've been trained and instilled in our mind. Maybe that little bit of energy is exactly what you need because now you can leverage that little bit of energy that's left over and incorporate that in the beginning of a great practice tomorrow. Yeah. Compared to having them kind of all slumped over, shoulders slowly walking, ice stop, just, I mean, just moving like they're 70 years old, right? Because you just worked them like crazy. And now, you know, tomorrow's practice, it takes them, you know, the first 45 minutes of practice just to get their body loose again because they were so sore from what you put them through the day before, right? Yeah. Yeah, you know, I think. Have you ever said that though? Yes. Have you ever looked at your team after practice and they've got a lot of energy still and thought, "Man, I should have worked them harder." L- let me. This is this is the <laughs> this is the transition that I've made. Oh, Early in my wait. career, I said that probably a lot. At this point in my career, I'm saying the opposite. Do, are we going too hard? Is this too much? Do I need to gauge it back? That, what changed in you? Um, that's a good question. I, I is, probably, is it the players and all this talk about players not being able to be pushed as hard and you need to be softer with players? What changed? I, you know, I think part of it was just probably uh, self-assurance, security in myself. You know, like, did I, did I get everything out of them? Did they know that we were going to work hard? Do we, like, it was pro- more about proving a point or my point, probably, younger in my career. And... Um, I think I do think it takes some time to gauge when a team is where you need them. So maybe I didn't have a good gauge at that point in my career. And then as you, as you get older, then you realize, man, I mean, one, you know, a lot of times I'll say, hey, guys, we're playing two games to seven, this, da, 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 whatever we play. And at the end, they're like, coach, wait a second. We got one more. There's a tiebreaker. Da, da, da. And I'll be like, hey, one, two in a row. There wouldn't need to be a tiebreaker. And, that's one of the better feelings leaving practices when they don't want to leave. Mm. Let's finish it. Let's break the tie. Let's get this. Uh, I, I like to try and leave that taste in their mouth as much as I possibly can um, because it's a good feeling when it seems like they're excited to be in the gym. But a lot of times we work them like dogs, and the next day they're like, we got practice. Like I, I, exactly. You know, yes. and, and, and then they start dreading the process. And the process is not meant to be easy, but I also think the process is not meant to be dreaded. Listen, this is a powerful, uh, this is going to change my life. Like this particular episode and this topic is going to change my life. Like the, the, the guilty conscious of me walking out of the gym still with energy that I've had in so many years of my life, right? Like I'm not going to feel that way anymore. You know, I'm going to walk out of the gym with still little energy left in the tank and be like, perfect. I'm using this tomorrow. 
right? Like, I, I, like this is not going to go to waste. Yeah, I can see you going in there, getting one rep in, and be like, I'm good. I, mean, <laughs> I feel good. <laughs> I've got plenty left in the tank. <laughs> I'm trying to build an average speed. But, hey, listen, coaches, hopefully this helped at least challenge your thought process as it relates to how you handle your own self and as, as it relates to how you handle your players. Um, but focus on that average speed. What is your average speed on a monthly basis? Uh, let us know your feedback. At Hardwood underscore Hustle on Twitter. I am Adam. He is TJ. Together we are the Hardwood Hustle. Till next time, we're out.